1: Hello, everybody. It's Mike Rogers. Welcome to The Welsh Wire, sponsored by the Family Business Alliance and featuring Sherry Welsh.
0: Today, we're here with Rob Elliott, who's a partner in Pandera Leadership Consulting in Grand Rapids. Rob, welcome to The Welsh
1: Wire. Thanks, Sherry. Good morning.
0: Tell us a little bit about Pondera, who you are, how you got started in the business.
1: We're a leadership consulting company that is located here in in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, Three things that we do day in and day out. One is we do one-on-one coaching with leaders. Um, Two, we work with leadership teams to help teams of people learn to work together more effectively. Integral to our coaching and our team effectiveness work, uh, we have our own proprietary personality assessment. That most of our clients involve us in their hiring process, that we help people assess talent, figure out is the person a good fit for the role, how well they're going to work with their hiring manager, how well they're going to assimilate into the team. My partner, Joe Day, and I started the firm uh, 13 years ago. We're starting April 1. We'll be starting our 14th year in business together here in West Michigan. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And um, we... uh, have 11 of us in the firm. Uh, there are uh, five other people that do the consulting work that Joe and I do, and then we have four staff that support us in our engagements with our clients.
0: Wonderful. A nice team. And you serve a lot of different industries, different disciplines and backgrounds, and you do work across the country.
1: Is that true? Correct. Or- our focus is leadership. Uh, and, um, you know... Uh, The majority of our clients tend to be small, uh, privately held businesses. Sure. The thing that we've experienced is that generally, uh, small, privately held businesses invest in people on a consistent basis. Uh, The thing that we've often encountered with large publicly traded companies is they want to wait to know that they make their year financially, and then they want to start investing in people. Sure. And and so a lot of times they want to cram those things in in the fourth quarter of the year which isn't the best with how people learn and change and adapt. And and so we have found that you know privately held companies tend to do work with people on a more consistent basis. And so that, that, right. that's that been our focus.
0: Right. Well, and I would bet too with the services that you provide, it probably helps companies where they don't have a big OD department or a big HR department and people who can focus on that full time, like maybe a Fortune 500 company could. They have a distinct need for that leadership development. Yeah,
1: well said. And the thing that we find is that Uh, We do work with uh, some really large organizations and Mm -hmm. some publicly traded companies, but they're pretty enlightened HR people that realize that over time, their people get too close to the situation, and they value having an outside perspective come in and help them.
0: That's helpful. Yeah, really, in any business, that's helpful. And you've developed a really interesting program, um, Discovering Your Authentic Leadership. And you want to share an overview with us today, Rob? Can you tell us a little bit about how that works and what that's about?
1: That would be great one of the things we believe is we can't lead other people until we can successfully lead ourselves so mm, yeah. I've got to have my own house in order before I can expect people to want to follow me um, and you know we believe that leadership is a, a lifelong process it's a it's a journey it's not a destination mm-hmm. uh, that it's something that we're always becoming leaders uh, we, we never arrive and you know the thing that we want to work at over time is making it comfortable for the people around us uh, to continue give us feedback. Uh, in, in my business relationships, perhaps the person who has helped me most to grow as a person and as a leader is a gentleman by the name of Greg Kerr who su- supports me at Pondera and, and all my client engagements. Mm. And, you know, Greg is 30 years younger than I am, and yet I've never had anybody in my life that has been as direct with me um, about things about me that irritate him, about suggestions that he has about how I can improve my effectiveness as a consultant, how I can improve my effectiveness as a leader, how I can improve my just personal productivity in the office. Um, however, he would tell you that, number one, I make it safe for him, to give me that feedback, and right. number two, that he actually sees me make changes as a result of me getting that feedback, and so he keeps bringing it, and I and I really value that because we've got to be open to to learning from the people around us. So
0: absolutely, um, and it, and it's interesting too that you note that he's thirty years younger than you. So I think there's a tendency to think, you know, the wisdom and the learning, the knowledge transfer comes from those who are older and yeah. wiser and have had more life experience. But you're saying I'm learning an awful lot and I'm developing an awful lot from somebody who's thirty years my junior, but gives it to me straight and is, is unafraid to do that. Yeah.
1: Well. I, I love the energy of young people. I love their curiosity, yeah, uh, and uh, you know we always want to have interns. We always want to have young people around our firm because they they bring so much juice to the business, and you bet. You know, really provide opportunities for us to get better from that standpoint the the notion of uh discovering your authentic leadership uh one of the things that I uh, subscribe to uh is is a Uh, daily uh, email that I get from a gentleman called Brian Johnson, and Mm -hmm. it's called Optimizer. Okay, And every day, you know, Brian is a voracious reader. I'm not. Uh, Brian is. And every day, Brian summarizes uh, for his uh, readers and listeners uh, a book that he has read and some of the key nuggets from that book. And uh, within the last year, one of the things that Brian shared was a story um, about a group of monks uh, in the Far East that... um, their town was being invaded. And in the center of the town, they had this golden statue. It was a Buddha that was made of solid gold. And they were worried about uh, the enemy coming in and destroying the statue. And so what they did is they covered the statue with mud Mm. and uh, brush and things like that so that no one would recognize it. And uh, sure enough, they were invaded. Uh, The the, uh, community was taken over, and the monks were driven out and never came back. Well, many, many years later, uh, people started to inhabit the region again, and and one day, somebody noticed that there was this um, break in this, in this mud that was on this thing. Then the people in the, in the new town never knew what it was. And uh, they started chipping away at it. And lo and behold, that they found here was this solid gold um, statue of, of of a Buddha, and you know the the analogy here is is that you know we believe when it comes to discovering our authentic leadership is that that leader already exists within each one of us. But what happens over the course of our lives is we get all the shoulds. You should do this. You should do that. And mm, what right. happens for so many of us is that we end up putting on these false masks you know we get out of bed in the yep. morning and and we have this belief that we have to behave a certain way and and then we we start to play that role it's like i get up in the morning i put my uniform on and then we, i come We home. become who others expect exactly. that we should be who we are right. yes and candidly when we behave that way people don't trust us so we're, we're ah. not authentic they sense that there's something else going on and yes. you know the, the other thing that we find in our work is that 9 times out of 10 when clients ask us to try to help them with someone who's not Performing well, almost always it's because the person isn't in the right job. There's mm. not alignment between who they are and what they do. And in discovering True. your authentic leadership, we take our clients through a process to help them start to really look deeply at who they really are. And so people get to show up at work and just be themselves. They just express their God-given talents. They're not always working outside of themselves. Right,
0: right. Good, good. So that, that's kind of step one in the process, Right.
1: We have a Latin phrase that's on our website. It's on several walls in our office. It's called the animus tibiasi, which is the courage to be you. Yeah, And that's the thing that we try to help people become courageous to really take a look at themselves. So
0: courage is at the center of that.
1: Courage is definitely at the center. Dig
0: deep, find it, and be who you are, not what's been thrust upon you by others or suggested or asked for you to be from others. Be yourself and be courageous in that. And it takes a lot of courage
1: because a lot of times in life, people around us don't want us to change. Oh, sure. They, for a variety like, of reasons, oh, they right? They like the significance of our title. They like our income. They, you know, there's just a variety of things right. that they, they don't want us to change because it's going to negatively impact them. So it takes tremendous courage for people to take a look at themselves. But once they do, then we can start to help them You know, with two other things as a part of discovering your authentic leadership. Uh, and that is that we believe at the end of the day, leadership comes down to two things. Mm-hmm. One is self-awareness, mm-hmm. and the other is selfless service to other people.
0: Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, the self-awareness is that we believe as a leader to successfully lead other people, you need to first of all be aware of your strengths, of your gifts, of the things that you do exceptionally well. And ideally, you want to set yourself up for success that you spend most of your time focusing on the things that you do exceptionally well. We also think that people need to be aware of their limitations. What are the things about me that get in the way that create noise, create interference, create problems in my work? And rather than try to get better at those things, we think you should surround yourself with people who simply do those things really well Ah. and let them do those things for you. But the third piece of the self-awareness is that we have to become aware of our blind spots. We have to be open to learning about aspects of our personality that really create problems for us with other people. That we're unaware of. And a a couple of tools that we utilize to help people with self-awareness is, one, I mentioned earlier, our our, uh, proprietary personality assessment. It's a Mm -hmm. very comprehensive assessment. We give you uh, feedback on 27 scales of personality. And uh, we kind of hold up the mirror for people, allow people to see themselves more objectively. And then the other thing we do is we do 360 feedback, where we actually have our clients identify people in their lives that they would like us to interview professionally. And then we go in and we find out from other people how people see our client and then we allow our client to hear that feedback about how people view them and and so the combination of our assessment and the 360 feedback we're really able to give people a, a clearer picture into themselves from that perspective
0: very interesting I bet yeah. that's very enlightening for people to be able to come to that place and see what others how others see them differently than maybe where they see themselves
1: absolutely and then the selfless service to other people uh, concept is uh, you, you know you and I were visiting before we went on the air about our our ties back to Asco, to Michigan. Yes. Uh, well, back in 1985, I, I came back to the uh, the county area as the superintendent of the schools for the county, and decided that to do um, a leadership seminar for all of the. Uh, students in the four local high schools that were in leadership roles. And I said to my father, I, I wanted to bring in uh, a speaker, but I didn't have a lot of funds to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if he might be able to help me identify someone. So my dad was able to get uh, Earl O'Laughlin, who was one of my father's high school classmates. And uh, Earl, at the time, was a four-star general, and he was in charge of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base down at Dayton, oh, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Nice. So Earl comes in. This is 1985, comes into the gymnasium in, in Taos High School and I've got all the students that are, are sitting in the bleachers, and I've got Earl with a um, overhead projector. We didn't have computers and PowerPoint back, <laughs> back then. Back in the day. <laughs> and you know, Earl had a screen up, and he threw a transparency on that showed the org chart for Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And Earl had 5,000 men and women in his command. Mm. And so he's explaining to these kids about his organization, and you know, they were all ooh on and on, and they were just really amazed that, that they were with this guy that had that kind of authority. And then what Earl did is he took the chart and he flipped it upside down and he said to the kids the reality is i don't do anything at the air base that makes a difference. It's these 5,000 people that do all the work. And my job as a leader is to remove obstacles and to provide resources so that they can do their jobs. So he said, I'm not at the top right. of the chart. I'm at the bottom of the chart. Oh,
0: that's great. He said, I'm yeah. here
1: to lift everybody else in the organization up. And, and Earl Laughlin was the one that introduced me to the concept of selfless service to other mm-hmm. people. About you know, He was a very powerful person, a, a person who's in the military that understood that it wasn't about him, it was about his people.
0: Right, and true and, servant leadership, exactly. yeah.
1: Yeah, And and so that's one of those things that we try to help our clients really discover about themselves and about their perception of leadership.
0: Right. That's great. And I bet those students in that room were amazed to see what leadership really means. It's a great lesson he was able to bring to them back in the day and for all of us really, too. So you've got uh, you, you can talk a little bit more with us about some of the key influencers in your leadership.
1: In the workshop, we, we do a half-day workshop for our clients on discovering your authentic leadership, and, and one of the exercises we take people through is to go through and think back who are some of those key influencers that have shaped your perception of, of leadership and who you are today as a person.
0: Why is that important to know who those influencers are for of a couple your of leadership? Yeah,
1: for a couple of reasons. One is that it really allows us uh, to be reflective about... Uh, what's most important to us, and what are those lessons, those values that we've developed as leaders, you know that we're carrying forward? Um, that that's one thing. The second thing is is that we think that stories, are the most powerful way for any of us to teach to influence oh, other people. true. And so when I'm a leader, if I know my stories, if I know mm-hmm. why I am the way I am and the, who I've learned from what, and then if I'm comfortable sharing those stories with other people, sure. it really allows people to learn, to get comfortable, and, and to be much more interested in following my leadership when they understand why I am the way I am and why I believe so strongly about those things. Makes a you know, lot from of that sense. perspective. You know. Yeah. Um, so you know, one of my stories that's significant for me is... Uh, I coached high school lacrosse uh, at East Grand Rapids for a long time. And um, one year at the end of the season, I had uh, one of my fellow coaches uh, give me a book. Uh, at the end of the season, it was called The Diary of a Desperate Man by Walter Heinrichson. Mm. And, uh, and I looked at my fellow coach, and his name was Jeff Gusky, and I said, You know, Gusky, do you think I'm a desperate man? Why, why are you giving me this book? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and he said, Right, you know, Rob, I think that you're going to find something in that book that will resonate with you. And when you do, I th- think you're going to want to talk to me about it. And, and I, I'm going to indulge me, I'm going to read the quote. And what I read was, for the most part, men love competition and hate confrontation. A man may love a hard game of tennis but hate firing a problematic employee, choosing instead to send a subordinate into the job for him. You confront because you seek to help the one being confronted. Confrontation is one of the highest expressions of love. Mm. And it goes on. When done in love and compassion, confrontation is one of the kindest things you can do for another person. A refusal to confront when needed is one of the most selfish things you can do confrontation is not criticizing another. It's helping that person so that he will not be further hurt by his behavior.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, the reason
1: that Jeff gave me that is that in our relationship as coaches, I was a head coach. Jeff was one of my assistants. I was the good cop. Jeff was a bad cop. Oh, I was the guy that talked to kids and parents about all the positives, all the good things going on. I was the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I was the encourager. And Jeff was the guy that talked real with people. And so I knew that's why he wanted me to see that because he knew that mm-hmm. I was not manning up, I was not having- He was difficult. calling you out oh, on that, But he did so in a very effective way. Absolutely, effective way. absolutely. You know? And um, what he said to me is, uh, I, I don't need you, Elliot, to, to be like me, but I at least need you to lean in once in a while and have some of those difficult conversations with me. And, and that was a significant influence in my life because you can't change your behavior until you change your thinking. Right. And what Jeff helped me to do too, is he helped me change my thinking about conflict so I could begin to start to change my behavior. Oh, that's
0: a huge paradigm shift, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, for you at that moment in your life, and I think for probably some of our listeners too, to look at confrontation so differently, yeah. it's a great story. Absolutely. Really great story. You've yeah. got another one you wanted to share a little bit about, too. Real
1: quick, when I, I, as uh, I shared with you earlier, I started my career as a high school teacher. Yeah. Uh, I taught accounting and business law and general business. And one of my mentor teachers that taught me about the theory of teaching was a woman by the name of Madeline Hunter. And Madeline Hunter had a program called ITIP, Instructional Theory into Practice. And one of the things that I learned from Madeline Hunter, Madeline Hunter one day said to me when she was teaching a class, she said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But she said, you can salt its oats so it's thirsty and it wants to drink.
0: Oh, nice. And
1: she said, that's what great teachers do. They salt people's oats to get them thirsty so they want to learn. Nice. And I believe that that's what great leaders do. Yep. Great leaders create the conditions for people to want to learn, for people to want to act. And um, we know in our work you know, as uh, leadership coaches – I can't help another person until they're ready, but the thing that I can do is I have tools in my toolbox that can help increase the probability of people getting ready to want to change. As an example, a personality assessment is one of those things that helps people get ready because sure. it allows them to start to take a look at themselves. 360 feedback is one of the other tools. So we're helping them with self-awareness, but we're also leading them you know, down the path to get ready to have the courage to to take a look at yourself.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, And so Madeline Hunter was a significant mentor of mine in a variety of ways, but I'll never forget that the fact that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, but you can salt its oats so it's thirsty and it wants to drink. And Madeline Hunter was an exceptional mentor for me from that perspective.
0: Right. That is a great, great example that she gave you there. So you've given us a lot to unpack here in thinking about how to discover your authentic leadership. You've talked a little bit about the need for courage. And to really dig deep and want to find out what it is that makes you who you are and what you're you're all about. You've talked about self-awareness and how to discover that your strengths, your limitations, blind spots. You've also shared about selfless service. Great example with uh, talking about Earl O'Loughlin and how to sort of invert that org chart and recognize that, you know, what you're lifting everybody else up. And then you also left us with a little bit of a story about confrontation. And how important that can be to not only helping yourself, but helping others become who they need to be. What, what are the key components that you think we really need to to, to hone in on if we want to know who we are and discover authentic leadership what are the what are the main things that you want to leave Well us first of all like
1: I them? think people need to figure out how to get you in their life because I'm really impressed with how quickly you picked up on the the things that I talked about and you're hearing all this you know r- real time with me so really well done great job of summarizing Sherry and the the thing that I would uh, come back to is number 1 um, we're really respectful about the courage piece uh, not yeah. everybody is ready at the same time that's okay I often tell clients, you're not ready yet. That's all right. When you are ready, let me know. And we'd love to be able to help you through this process. And I mean that very, very um, sincerely. Um, That's a good point. It it takes courage for people to really want to take a look at themselves and do this work because it's heavy lifting. And it is a process. It's not an event. It's something that unfolds. And uh, you've got to be able to... Work with someone who you trust. Trust mm-hmm. is a key thing in this process, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got to be really willing to lean in and take a look at yourself, get to know yourself well, and and start to learn about how you're impacting you know uh, people around you.
0: Right, that's great. Thank yeah. you for sharing that with us today. So, you've I know you mentioned you've got a half day program that you do with clients that really delves into this process and. We want to be able to connect you and connect our listeners to get more information on that or to do follow-up questions with you if they want to know about how to discover their authentic leadership. So what's the best way to reach you, Rob, if they want to get to you?
1: easiest way is to go to our website, uh, ponderadvisors.com, or our office number is 616-956-3410. And uh, they can ask for Greg, and uh, Greg will hook them up.
0: Terrific. Well, Rob Elliott, Pondera Leadership Consulting, thank you for being our guest today on The Welsh Wire, our program produced in conjunction with our friends at the Family Business Alliance. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you for listening
1: to The Welsh
0: Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.